if you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Today's guest is Dr. Richard Godby. Now, Dr. Richard Godby's been on before. I sort of titled his chat, Getting Rid of Old Wives' Tales and Black Magic in Equine Nutrition, but he's actually an expert in a few different equine-related topics. We're going to talk a bit more today about feeding horses, but before we do that, I just want to have a quick chat about International Horse College. If you'd like to work in the horse industry but not sure where to start, then have a chat to the friendly team at International Horse College with the wide variety of horse courses from complete beginner through to qualified professionals and students in over 20 countries. We will consider your individual requirements and guide you in the right direction before enrolling you in a course. Simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com and start the conversation. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Now, Richard, Dr. Richard Godby, how are you? I'm doing well, and yourself? Oh, very well, very well. Now, we're going to specifically talk today about equine nutrition and um, things that we should know about feeding horses because a lot of horse people have good intentions. You know, we want to do the right thing by our horse. We want to make sure they've got the best of everything, well, as much as what we can afford. And I know we tend to, you know, go a bit broke ourselves and go without things ourselves in favour of the horse. But these are really essential things that we should know. So can we start to talk about them? What's the first bit that we should know about feeding horses? Hmm. I think that if we, if we talk, go back and, and brought a great point about uh, feeding these horses, if we don't have a catastrophic illness or injury, most expensive part of keeping horses every year is, is feeding them. Yes. And I'm often amazed at how much misinformation is, especially with the internet, you know, uh, this out there. And so I, I think it's great where uh, you're putting together these, these uh, things like t- groups of 10 mm. because they're easy to remember. The number one thing in, quote, feeding horses is you've got to make sure you get enough water in. Yes, and that's an easy one. It's an easy one, but it's often forgotten. You know how often the horse needs water, how much they drink. Yeah. Exactly. And we oftentimes, you're right, we we assume that that horse is going to to drink what he needs, and given the opportunity, they will. Mm. But a a good rule of thumb to to always think about, you know, we talk about 8 to 10 gallons for a 1,000-pound horse, blah, blah, blah. The easiest way to remember it is essentially one gallon per hundred pounds of body weight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know that's that's a that's a good rule of thumb to remember as far as water intake goes. Uh, you know, if, if a doesn't drink, the horse doesn't eat. So if we're if we're going to uh, to, to have performance horses, especially where we we've, we've got to keep the energy up in these horses. If we don't get the water consumption that we need to replace, for example, the sweat, the water lost in sweat and everything, uh, they're not going to eat as much as they need to keep the energy levels up, and they're not going to, be able to perform the way their genetics will allow them to perform. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. 
So the horse has got enough water, the people are aware, and now that they've heard that from you and they can work it out, a gallon to 100 pounds of body weight, you know, it just depends then on the size of the horse. What about nutrients? What nutrients are required? You know, if, if we go back and, and look and talk about nutrients or feedstuffs, if we we look at it as nutrients per se, the, the nutrient that's needed in the grade of abundance is energy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's where we often fall short. And that's how we end up with horses that don't have enough uh, uh, flesh on them. If, for example, broodmare, you know, when after they fold and we go on lactation, you know, these these horses have the, the these mares have the same energy requirement as, as a racehorse. Okay. Yep. Somewhere about 30 to 33 megacalories of E per day. And that's hard to get that much energy in some of these mares. So what we want them to be able to do at least is to pull some on body reserve or some body fat, you know, to, to help uh, maintain that uh, that milk production aspect. So, you know, energy is, is needed the greatest abundance. Most horse owners confuse protein with energy. Mm, okay. I am amazed how often I'll have someone talk to me and you know, I can't feed that X amount of protein feed to my horse. It's too hot. It makes him too, too, too fishy. Uh, and, and when, when in fact, protein, they use protein for energy, uh, it takes energy to break that protein down. So so it's really contraindicated to try and use for, for energy. Mm, mm, and we mm. see that often. Okay, okay. So how can we understand the horse's nutrient requirement for the different nutrients? Well, I think the, I think the number one thing we need to do is realize that we can take that same horse. Uh, let's say we, we, we get a horse to a yearling or a weanling. Mm-hmm. Yes. That horse's nutrient requirements are going to change throughout their life depending on stage of growth, stage of production, uh, use, we, we oftentimes see this in young horses to where we, we feed uh, enough feed to maintain them. We need we, we feed them enough feed for their energy for them to work, but we short them on energy for the growth part. Because when you're feeding these young horses, you've got to feed them to maintain themselves first. You have to have enough energy and, and other nutrients for them to be able to grow because remember, we're trying to grow these young horses. Yep. And then you got to have energy for them to be able to do whatever training they're doing. Mm-hmm. And and so we oftentimes forget about that. So I think it's it's critical that you understand the requirements of the horse and, and changes through through their life in an easy way to to gauge how you're meeting requirements is to understand body conditions for it. Yes, it obviously changes with each horse. Yeah, yeah, no, I can understand that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and within the year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The whole um, feed intake, you know, understanding that whole feed intake, what are the simple rules? What can you tell us about that? Okay, the, the easiest thing to think about is the number one thing we need to feed our horses is forage. Yes, okay. Whether it's pasture. Yes. Or, or harvested uh, forage, you know, it's hay or chaff or whatever it is, mm-hmm. uh, beet pulp, soy hulls, all these are, are, are forages or fibers, roughages that we've got to get in that horse 
and and we we say never feed one percent of that horse's body weight is roughage. Now, in in situation, you would be feeding a a horse that maybe you know a mare in early lactation, a performance horse under heavy work, a race horse, a polo horse, uh, some of the endurance horses. Uh, those kind of horses, you might get down to somewhere around uh, uh, 1% of their body weight as, as a forage. Uh, okay. I think a better target for most horse owners is 1.5% of their body weight as forage. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so 1.5% of their body weight. Yes, ma'am. Yes. And then, but if, if we talk about most horses, we're going to feed somewhere between two, two and a half percent of their body weight is total feed per day. Okay. So that you take that thousand pound horse, or, or let's just down there, but why don't we put it on kilos? Let's take that 500 kilo horse, which is an 1100 pound horse. That horse, we're going to feed somewhere between 22 pounds and uh, my mind will work somewhere about mm-hmm. 26 or 27 pounds of feed per day. Yep. That's an average intake. Mm hmm. Now, if we if we go the next step, how much can a horse eat? Okay. Uh, about three and a half percent of their body weight is the maximum that we seem to think we can get in these horses. Mm-hmm. And and uh, so when you go back and, and you look at some of these these horses that need this this real high level of digestible energy, this thirty two, thirty three, thirty five million calories per day, you can't get that much. Energy into them from a forage, so okay. you've got to go to some type of grain. Mm-hmm. I've been amazed when I've had people, you know, tell me, "Dr. Gabby, you know, uh, my horse ate that bale of hay today, and that bale of hay was a hundred pounds." And he said, "No, he didn't. He couldn't. Mm-hmm. You couldn't push that much down his throat." Yep. So if you tell him, you know, look around in the ground and how much money you threw away today. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, good rules of thumb, one to one and a half percent of their body weight is forage. Yep. Is a minimum. Two to two and a half percent of their body weight is total feed intake is a pretty good average. Mm-hmm. And about three and a half percent of their body weight, that's we've maxed out. That's that's all they can that's all they can stuff in. Okay. Okay. So Richard, it's easy feeding by scoops, but is that the best way? Should we feed by weight or should we feed by volume? In a scoop of this and a scoop of that, it's yeah, it's easy. <laughs> you, you've got, you've got, yeah, you've got to feed by weight. Mm-hmm. But once you know what that volumetric measure you're using, and and I tell people it can be a three pound coffee can or or, or, or you know a fifty fifty five gallon drum. I don't really care. Once you tell me can tell me how many pounds of your feed it holds. Mm-hmm. That's the critical part. Okay. Because when we go back, and we the easiest way to think about this for a horse owner. If I want to determine how many pounds of protein I feed my horse a day, I can look on that bag and it says, it's, let's say it's 10% protein. Yep. And I give that horse 10 pounds, I gave him a pound of protein. Mm-hmm. But if I gave him a scoop, which has no weight measure to it, and I multiply 10% times one scoop, I, I get nothing. Yep. So yeah. you see where I, so you got to yes. know the weight. Once you know the weight, uh, and remember, feeds weigh differently. A textured feed will weigh different than a pelleted feed. Mm. A feed that's high in molasses, you know, really real strong sweet feed, that feeds going to weigh more than a feed that's high in oil, because water weighs more than oil. Mm-hmm. 
you got to weigh it. You have okay. to weigh them. Okay. Same thing with flakes of hay. Yep, yep. And then how often? You know, how often should we be feeding? Like, I suppose it's going to change if horses out grazing and access to good pasture. It may not be fed as often, but what about horses that don't have that? You know, they might be stabled or in an area where there's not the access to pasture. How often should we be feeding them? Um, you know, I, 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 I personally, I, I think you should feed at a minimum of three times a day. Mm-hmm. We at my place, we feed five times a day. Okay. Uh, and, and, and we also do our, we also time our feeding. Uh, for example, we feed uh, uh, the the late afternoon hay one hour before we feed grain. Okay. Yes. And that helps with the digestion, does it? They're, they're digesting the hay, so it, they it can. It does. Yeah. Okay. And. You know, it also kind of sets that horse up a little bit for a little more saliva production and everything mm-hmm. uh, as far as when we, we start giving our grain to it or something with carbohydrates. Okay. The other thing that, you know, it, but at minimum, twice a day, that's a minimum. Okay. If we go back and look, a horse will spend roughly 85% of daylight grazing if he's given the opportunity. Mm-hmm. They don't graze at night. Do you remember, they're, they're a prey animal. So night, they're kind of like elk and deer and other things. They kind of back in the outside of the you know in in, in the woods and in the timber, mm. uh, running out where where all the predators can see them. Okay. So they do a lot more of their eating and grazing during the daylight hours than they do at night. Yes. Yes. Okay. So if you if you look at it that way. Uh, you know, the, often, the more often we give them very small meals, and, and that brings me to another thing. You know, when we get to talking about mixed grains and everything, we would suggest and recommend that you would never feed more than four pounds of a grain. That's a mixed feed, you know, uh, one of the, you know, a high energy type feed yes. or sweet feed or even individual grains like oats, don't ever feed any more than four pounds in any given feeding. Mm-hmm. Just don't do that. Because what will happen is that carbohydrates, those carbs will get through the small intestine where they should have been digested and absorbed and get into the large gut, and that gets us into that grain overload type of laminitic acids. Okay, yes. That's a good rule of thumb. Don't yep. feed over four pounds of, of concentrate in any given feeding. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if you're, for example, here in the States, the average racehorse gets somewhere about 14 to 15 pounds of grain a day mm-hmm. to keep mm-hmm. that energy level up. Yep. Let's say that they're feeding a really good feed and they get by with 12. So that, by definition, you have to feed three times a day. Yep. So that yep. you don't feed over four pounds in any given feed. Yes, yes. Minimize okay. digestive upsets. Yep, yep. Stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot-off-the-press notification. That is, that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available, and the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry, if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now, and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. 
So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the 101 careers in the horse industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine, maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. You talked before about, you know, reading a feed tag that might say 10% protein, but what should we be looking for on those feed tags? I mean, they make them and half the time they've fallen off by the time they get there or they're, you know, they're on, on the side of the bag and it's all sort of scrunched out. You can barely read it or print's so small. Sometimes it's easier to just right. not, not read them. But what should we be looking for when we read the feed tag? Yeah, you know, the the first thing to read on a feed tag is what what horse was that feed designed to be fed to? Okay, you know it'll tell you on there to be growing horses, performance horses, uh, lactating, gestating mares, mature horses at maintenance, senior horses. That's right after the name tell you what class of horses that feed was formulated mm-hmm. for. Yep. So that's an easy way to get it in your head and go, oh, okay, wait a minute. Now, I'm feeding this this, this weanling, and this feed here says for my two horses. Mm-hmm. Well, then that's not what I want to Then you go back and start looking at the protein, look at the fat. Uh, the higher the fat, the more energy. Mm-hmm. So if you look at something that's 2% fat, Odds are it's not going to be very, uh, a very energy-dense feed. If it's got 7 to 10 to 12% fat, it's a very energy-dense feed. If the next thing we look at is fiber. Now, in general, it used to be, at least, that the higher the fiber, the lower the energy in the feed. Well, we've come out now where we use uh, uh, soybean hulls and we, we use beet pulp, so we use some soluble fibers that are excellent energy sources. For example, beet pulp has the same energy content as oats. Mm-hmm. So that you have to take that and, and, and look at the. Then you go down uh, and look at the ingredients. And remembering, at least uh, in the states, because of AFCO, uh, the the feed. Uh, Ingredient list has to be in descending order. Yes. So the predominant ingredient is going to be number one. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean it's 50 plus percent. It just means it's in there more than the second one. Yep. Okay. And, and so you go down through there and you can look and see because there's certain things we want to see in there, you know, like trace, uh, certain trace minerals, we want to see them chelated. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we don't want to see oxides in, in a lot of things for horses because horses don't utilize oxides. There's minerals go with that much. So that feed tag can tell you a lot, but if you can't see anything, if everything is messed up and, and stuff, look for what that, that feed was designed to feed. Yeah. That, that, that's a good one, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's going to give you feeding directions. If, for example, it tells you to feed one pound, 100 pounds of body weight, and you find out that if you feed 100 pounds, uh, one pound, 100 pounds of body weight of this feed to your horse, and he's bouncing off the walls, he's so energetic, he's frisky, he can't do this and that and the other. So you find out you can only feed three pounds of that feed. You need to find another feed. Mm, okay. Because yep. feed, that feed for you to get all the nutrients, it was formulated for you to feed one pound, 100 pounds of body weight. Yep. Not three tenths of a pound. Mm-hmm. That makes sense? Yes, yes, it does. I see that a yes. lot. Yes. 
Yeah, where, yeah. where someone says, hey, the, you know, this guy down the road that's got 13, you know, world champions, he feeds X. Well, I'm mm. going to feed X mm. because mm. I want to be like my, the guy down the road. Yep. And then what you find out is you can't feed 10% of what X says to feed. Mm. Mm. Yes, because the complete balance feed, it's its the whole feed. Yep. Exactly. Yep. yep, no, that makes sense. Yes, ma'am. And that includes your forage. Whatever yes. your hay is, yeah. Okay. Exactly. okay. Yeah, yeah. So, does every horse need to have grain, concentrate, mixed feed? Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I'm sure every every feed salesman that's walking and every feed salesman that's listening to this is like, yeah, they got to have it. No, they don't. <laughs> okay. Uh, horses were put on this earth for roughage. Mm. That's why they have a functional cecum in, 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 in the large gut. That's why they have such a such a huge microbiome uh, in the large gut. We need to feed the horses in general that need grain. Uh, young growing horses, and especially like weanlings, uh, you take these babies, their digestive system is not developed enough to handle nothing but forages. Uh, their microbiome is not set yet. You've got all these things. Same thing with these young growing horses. Senior horses, uh, we, we run into some problems with them as far as nutrient digestion and absorption. Mm-hmm. So it's good to, to give them some some uh, some grain. Performance horses, uh, gestating mares. And we used to say just the third trimester. Now we know that first 30 days is really critical because there's some things starting to happen as far as that uh, that fetal development, as far as organs go. Mm-hmm. So now we know that first 30 days is pretty important too. Grain may be there. Uh, lactating mares, you got to feed grain, and, and I like to feed uh, lactating mares grain for two reasons. One, it helps keep their body condition up because a mare that's losing weight doesn't breed bad very well. Mm-hmm. The second thing is, after about two weeks, that baby's going to start eating grain. Mm-hmm. I want that baby eating grain that he's going to have till at least he's a yearling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but every horse does not. If you've got a pet out there that's a yard ornament, that's an especially an easy keeper, any of that kind of stuff, they don't need grain. Yeah, they just they don't do it. They just yeah. don't need it. Okay. Okay. What about supplements? How can we understand them a bit better? Well, I think, and in my mind, I I usually break supplements up into two categories. Mm -hmm. We have the general vitamin mineral supplements that is, for the most part in reality, they're kind of like a cheap insurance policy because your forage changes depending on the cutting and obviously, the more forage you feed, the more important that that uh, that quote insurance policy can become. And by that, I don't mean some high dollar, high powered, nineteen hundred supplements in there and everything. Blah 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 blah. I'm talking about a good salt, trace mineral, calcium and phosphorus loose supplement that you would feed on a daily basis, or could put out, you know, in a in a run in shed, you know, pasture type situation. Then. I look at specific supplementations like hoof supplements or joint products, you know, that'll help us some with uh, uh, osteoarthritis. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to have joint junk in them. So that's more individualized for the horse then? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Every horse walking does not need a joint product. 
Every horse does not need a hoof supplement. Mm-hmm. Now, I also put digestive products in there like uh, probiotics and prebiotics. I think every horse, uh, no, I don't, I don't think every horse needs it. A high percentage of horses need it, and the more stress horses go through, the more important it becomes. Yep, yep. Now, observation. You've talked about this before, about the importance of it. What have you got to say about observation? Is that observation of the horse, observation of the feed quality? You're 100% right on both cases. You know, it, it goes back to that thing of going out there and just watch your horses. Go yeah. around pasture, sit out there, sit on tailgate, you pick up and watch them. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they're in stalls, go out there and just stand in the corner, you know, of a stall or something. Or stand and just look in there and watch them. Mm-hmm. If they're in run, stand back and watch them. They'll come up to you, they'll say hello and everything, then they'll wander back off. Mm-hmm. Watch and see what that horse does. How does he how does he interact with his environment? Is he curious? Does he does he tend to, to pick up pebbles or, or stuff like that? Because those are things that when I see that I go, Okay, I, I it's I am extra careful on psyllium and I may feed it more often than uh the recommended, you know, seven days kind of deal. But the other thing is be very, very observant of what you're feeding. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to watch that hay, and especially legumes. Okay. You know, when, a, when grass grass hays can get wet, they don't tend to mow near as quickly as a legume does. Okay. Grass hays will mow. Don't don't get me wrong. But a legume, if it gets good and damp, and it gets warm, you know, like warm weather and everything, it will mow almost literally. It seems like overnight. So look at everything you're feeding. Buy the best quality you can get, mm-hmm. period. You know, because, you know, go back to, and, and that doesn't mean it has to be the fanciest hay. It just has to be clean, yep. as weed-free as possible, mm-hmm. as dust-free as possible. And, and you can't get the, I, I don't know how to say the very best, at least, if you if it's got some weeds and stuff in there, give your horse a little extra hay so that they can pick through it. Let them pick out the better parts of that hay, and then you can take whatever's left. We use this weeds or or, or or some grasses that horses just don't particularly like, mm-hmm. and you can take that and clean it back up. But give them the option uh, if you don't have you know high quality forages, especially. Give them the option. Put them a little bit extra in there. Let them pick through it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I'm just curious. You, you talked about feeding psyllium for seven days. Can you say how much? And also just briefly go over why and when you'd feed the psyllium. You know, how often? Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. And, and uh, like where I live, you know, it, everybody thinks about it here in Arizona because, quote, everybody lives in We don't really live in a desert. We have lots of trees and it's gorgeous. Mm. But I, all my runs are decomposed granite. Yep. Now, all of my, my uh, stalls are completely matted. Mm-hmm. We, they're matted and we keep them clean. Uh, so I don't really panic about my horses picking up dirt from that aspect, but the amount of sand and dirt that can come in on your hay, uh, if you look at your hay feeder sometime, it'll blow your mind how much sand is in that, that feeder. And other little things like, you know, little pieces of metal and bolts and dead rabbits and things like that. So that's that observation aspect. But most psyllium products, and psyllium is, is, is a, it's a, a fiber, it's a mucilage. And when it gets wet, uh, 
I always I always uh, give this as as what it looks like. It's like a big giant snot ball, mm-hmm. and it's you know very very viscous and everything. And where sand is in most horses is in the ventral colon. So we've got this heavier material that will go down, and 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 uh, there's a little bit of data on on how psyllium does impact it. But it picks the sand and you know and holds it and it carries it out uh, uh, in the manure. But most companies will tell you to feed it the first seven days of the month. Um, so we're getting ready now. Let's see the days the uh, the 29th. So Friday, Friday's the first. Uh, the, the, you know we'll start psyllium. Mm-hmm. We'll feed it for seven. And and how much how much psyllium for each horse? You know, it, it, for the most part, I think most of these things hold about five ounces. Okay. But they'll have a little scoop in them. Now, you can get psyllium that's pelleted, or you can get it as a powder. The problem with powdered psyllium is when it gets wet, the least little bit uh, of dampness, like saliva, yep. it becomes very very slick. So palatability of that can become a big problem. Mm-hmm. A lot of horses won't eat powdered psyllium. Yep. Uh, so we use pellets. And remember, once that horse chews, that pellet becomes a powder anyway. He grinds it. So, so it's it, as far as when it gets back to an effective aspect, it's already back into a powder. But uh, um, you know, so we feed it the first seven days of the month. If you're in a situation in an area where you're you're concerned, of, where especially you've had some uh, some sand colics and some impactions and stuff, yes, uh, I would suggest doing it. The, I would do it the first seven days of the month, and mm-hmm. I would do it every day after that. That's that's an odd day, so you could do seven, nine, eleven. 13, 15, 17, 19, et cetera, to the forest and then do seven days. Okay. If you've had, yeah, if you've had a horse that's had an impaction issue, uh, I, I think we want to try and minimize the the issues that uh, are allowing the, any sand accumulation if we can help it. Yep. Uh, I've, I've got a great starlight mare that, that's had colic surgery, and, uh, you know, she gets it seven days, and then certain parts, certain times of the year, I'll let it and I'll give it to her that that every every odd number day. Okay, okay. All right. I think that's um, a very good part of horse management. I think anyone that lives in it's not it's everyone, but particularly, you know, like we live on the coast, so it, while it's not sand, it's sandy loam. So there is a bit of sand in the soil that you know exactly. the horses pick up. And even if they're just eating grass, you know, they they get the grass and they pull it out. By the, the roots, root. and yes, yep. that's right. That's right. Have a bit Perfect. of a nibble around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, come come give talks with me, Glenn. Perfect. <laughs> that's what I talk about. Yeah. Come come help yeah. me. Come come up here and preach with me. Uh, no, that and, you know the vast majority of the place in the United States is sandy yeah. loam. Yes. it's anywhere from. Uh, about 25% to 80% sand. Mm, mm, the only uh, soil that I'm aware of that doesn't have any sand in it is silt. And, and yes. plants don't grow well on silt, so we don't no. graze a lot of horses anyway. on it. Richard, you, you've given us so much information all day, and I just I feel like I want to keep talking to you, but I know that we've got to limit our chats for now. But um, I'm sure we'll come back again, you know, whether we talk more about 
about yeah, um, psyllium and about, you know, horses being affected by the type of soil and, yeah, whatever, whatever. It's interesting to me. I love it and uh, interesting to our listeners, I'm sure, you know. So um, love to catch up with you again. Now, if people would like to contact you direct, how can they do that? Well, you can you can send an email to me, Dr. Godby, at equiuniversity.com. Mm-hmm. And those or, details will be on your page at horsechats.com slash Dr. Richard Godby or just go to horsechats.com, search for Richard, search for Godby, and you'll find those. But, yeah, keep going with those details. It'll be great. You know, and, and uh, my, my phone number, if, if someone has a question, my, my world mm. for over 40 years of professional practice is a horse has to win. If someone has a question, they're welcome to give me a call. My, yep. uh, my number uh, I think you've got it. Put on there, 801-717-7907. Yep, yep. No, very good, very good. Look, we look forward to talking to you again, and um, I'm sure we can think of millions of subjects, actually. I was going to say half a dozen, but there's plenty of subjects that we could talk about for half an hour or so, and, and you've got a lot of, um, you know, a lot of information there and a lot of research that you've done over many, many years. So um, look forward to chatting with you again. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you. Bye. You bet. Bye-bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate, and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.